The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 72 degrees in Central Park. Already got an accident westbound BQE off-ramp to the Brooklyn Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The earth moved in New Jersey last evening. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, two earthquakes hit northern New Jersey. The first, a 2.3-magnitude earthquake, was just before 5.15 p.m., about six miles northwest of Morris Plains. A 1.7 magnitude aftershock was then reported shortly after 6.30 p.m., also in Morris County. The last earthquake in New Jersey was in Freehold in 2020, recorded at a 3.1 magnitude. One Texas official says migrants crossing into El Paso want to come to New York City. El Paso has been housing asylum seekers at welcome centers there to assist the homeless population. Texas has been busing migrants from the Opportunity Center to where they want to go. Speaking to ABC's KVIA in El Paso, John Martin, the deputy director of the center, says up until now it has been working out well. I've never seen individuals run so quickly to take a shower so that they could get on a bus and be able to go to where they wanted to go. Martin says, though, it appears to have stopped. A bus scheduled to leave Monday from the center was postponed. Former Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev has died. Russian news reports say it happened at the Central Clinical Hospital where he was undergoing unspecified treatments after a long illness. Mikhail Gorbachev was 91. Texas is announcing the first confirmed fatality of monkeypox in the U.S. Dr. Jennifer McQuiston says the patient in Texas who tested positive for monkeypox had other underlying health conditions. It's important to focus that we have mitigation measures in place to prevent monkeypox. Get vaccinated. If you're sick, go to a doctor, get tested. And if you have severe illness, there are treatments that are available. Dr. McQuiston says only a handful of monkeypox fatalities have been reported globally. President Biden announced his Safer America program. He proclaimed in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, the nation had to fund the police, then criticized GOP members of Congress for not supporting his plan. Guess what? Every single Republican member of Congress... Every single one in this state, every single one voted against the support for law enforcement. They talk about how much they love it. They voted against the funding. President Biden, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. As we get ready to flip the calendar to September, Yankee fans would like to see their team play well as they get ready for October. Perhaps the bigger story will be a daily watch to see how many home runs their star player ends up with. He came up in Anaheim, fourth inning, two men on. One, two. Hit well to right. Aaron Judge has done it again. Number 51 for Judge. He's 10 away from Roger Maris. It's a three-run shot. 
And the Yankees have opened it up. It's 7-2. WFAN earlier, Yankee home run. from Anthony Rizzo, his 30th. Andrew Benintendi in the first inning. Yanks ended the three-game slide. They beat the Angels 7-4 with six Yankee relievers combining to pitch the last seven innings. The Mets' schedule is going to get a lot easier, but there's nothing easy about playing the Dodgers, who won 4-3 at City Field. They've won 26 of their last 32 games. The Dodgers are 52 games over 500. Starling Marte, Mark Canna, homer to the loss for the Mets. Two days after he went 30 for 38, the Giants cut third-string quarterback Davis Webb, electing to go with only two QBs. The Jets kept wideout Denzel Mims on the roster. He had recently asked for a trade. Rafael Nadal's first U.S. Open match since 2019. He won to improve to 16-0 lifetime in the opening round. 42-year-old Venus Williams lost. Unlike Serena, Venus has not said anything about retirement, although she hardly plays these days. Her ranking is over 1,500. Serena is retiring, so tonight could be her swan song. She takes on the second seed. Annette Kuntavite, huge pro-Serena crowd will be on hand. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Yeah, to say the least. Thank you, John. Futures fluctuating this morning. S&P futures right now down three points. Dow futures down 46. NASDAQ futures are up 19. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather turning nice for the rest of this week. Sunny, less humid, mid-80s today, low 80s tomorrow. Sunshine, Friday high near 80 degrees. Right now... 72 in Central Park. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks enter the day trading at a one-month low. More Fed officials hammer home the message of bringing down inflation. Goldman and Morgan Stanley ease COVID rules so workers can return to the office. And new developments involving the search of Donald Trump's Florida home. Former Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev has died, plus the ground moved in New Jersey. I'm Michael Barr. More on the earthquake ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Another Aaron Judge home run. The Yankees won. The Mets lost. Serena Williams plays tonight at the U.S. Open. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures are a little change this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures and Dow futures are a little change. NASDAQ futures are higher, up 23, and the 10-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds. The yield 3.13%, yield on the two-year 3.48%. Nathan. Karen, stocks begin this session trading at a one-month low as Fed fears continue to persist in markets. Three regional Fed presidents yesterday reiterated Chair Jay Powell's intention to bring down inflation. Amanda Agati is Chief Investment Officer at PNC Asset Management Group. I actually think that uh, we're going to start to see more confirmation and evidence of inflation rolling over. And while the Fed you know, only has a few data points to go on here so far, I think the market has already adjusted on the equity side in terms of valuations, but also on the bond market side in terms of you know, futures, probability of rate hikes and where interest rates have moved to. PNC Asset Management's Amanda Agati says she's not making any meaningful changes right now to her portfolio. 
Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin is one of the central bank officials beating the drum to stop inflation. Nathan, he vowed the Fed would not flinch in its efforts to cool prices, but cautioned it might not be a smooth process. We're committed to getting uh, inflation under control, and there's a path to get there. A recession is obviously a risk uh, in the process. Um, I'll just say, for context, nobody ever canceled the business cycle. So the, the, you, when you say there's a risk of recession, it doesn't have to be like a 2008 uh, recession. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin made the comments in West Virginia yesterday. Well, Wall Street's worried that the Fed's aggressive battle against inflation will lead to higher unemployment and recession, Karen. And this morning, we get the first read on August jobs with the new revamped ADP report. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. ADP returns from its months-long hiatus with updated methodology and a range of wage data. And a vow it's not supposed to be a forecast of the government's monthly payroll report. The revamped report, developed with the Stanford Digital Economy Lab, will feature the monthly change in private employment as well as weekly payrolls data for the preceding month. Median annual growth by industry, company size, region, gender, and age will also now be available. While there is a median projection for this month's report, given the changes, several Wall Street economists haven't submitted estimates for this month. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thank you. In Europe, prices in British shops rose this month at the highest rate since at least 2005. According to the British Retail Consortium, shop price inflation increased to 5.1% in August. The price of food rose even more, 9.3%. In Asia, Karen, China's factory activity contracted in August for a second straight month. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. The official PMI rose to 49.4 from 49 in July. The economy has been hit by power outages the crisis in the property market, and multiple COVID outbreaks. The reading was slightly higher than the estimate of 49.2, but still in contraction mode. Meantime, the non-manufacturing gauge fell to 52.6 from 53.8. The main takeaway, this economy is still losing speed. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Back here at home, new allegations of obstruction of justice may be added to former President Trump's legal woes. We get details from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The Justice Department has responded to former President Trump's request for a special master review of documents he kept at his home in Florida. Investigators suggest Trump may have tried to obstruct the investigation. The DOJ says the records that were held in a storage room at Mar-a-Lago appear to have been moved before the FBI search in June. As far as appointing a third party to review those documents, the government said that was not only unnecessary, it would only serve to delay the ongoing investigation. The judge has directed Trump to respond to the DOJ. OJ filing by tonight. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Amy. On Wall Street, two of the most prominent investment banks are removing some of the final hurdles to a full return to the office following the pandemic. More from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley will ease some of their remaining COVID-19 protocols after the Labor Day weekend. Goldman will allow employees outside New York to enter offices regardless of vaccination status with no mandate to participate in regular testing or to wear face coverings. Last week, Morgan Stanley told its New York staff as of September 5th, it's ending test and control measures. Anyone who tests positive should still isolate for at least five days, then wear a mask for five more. In New York, I'm Doug Prisoner Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. Let's take a look at some stocks moving in early trading. Shares of Chewy are down almost 11 percent. The online pet supply retailer has cut its revenue outlook and says customer growth is slowed. And Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet is more. 
In a letter to shareholders, Chewy said sales in the current fiscal year will total no more than $10 billion as customers pull back on discretionary goods such as toys and treats. That is down from a previous forecast of as much as $10.4 billion. Chewy is contending with a broad-based fall in demand for discretionary items as American consumers shift spending to food and other essentials amid soaring inflation. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thanks. Shares of HP are down nearly 7%. The company reported quarterly sales that missed estimates and reduced its annual profit forecast on falling demand for personal computers and printers. Shares of Snap are down 7.3%. Verge is reporting the social media company is planning to lay off around 20% of its nearly 6,500 employees. The stock is down about 80% so far this year as the company has faced a slowdown in advertising spending. And just in euro area, inflation's jumped to 9.1% from a year ago, strengthening the case for the European Central Bank to consider a jumbo interest rate hike when it meets next week. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks set to resume monthly declines on concern that restrictive monetary policy to tackle price pressures will harm the global economy. U.S. stock index futures, their little changed around a one-month low. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures, well, they're down about five points now. Dow futures down to 61. And NASDAQ futures are up 19. The DAX in Germany is down 1%. The 10-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds, yield 3.14%. Yield on the two-year, 3.48%. NYMEX crude oil is down 2.6%, down $2.41 at $89.23 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 8 tenths percent or $13.40 at $17.22, 90 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9983 against the dollar. British pound 1.1630 and the yen 138.77. And Bitcoin this morning is up 1.2%. It's at $20,200. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The Justice Department says classified documents were likely concealed and removed from former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate as part of an effort to obstruct the federal investigation into the discovery of the government records. A court filing last night shows the FBI also seized more than 100 classified records during its August 8th search and found classified documents stashed in Trump's office. In tennis, Serena Williams hits the court tonight for her second round in the U.S. Open. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Angels 7-4. Aaron Judge hit his 51st homer. The Mets lost to the Dodgers 4-3. The A's beat the Nationals 10-6. The Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're pleased to be joined now by Brian Levitt, global market strategist at Invesco. Brian, good morning. Unless we have some kind of giant rally later on today, looks like stocks are going to end the month of August in the red. So what's your view as we head into September? Well, it's a challenging environment. Um the economy has slowed pretty considerably, and yet inflationary pressures still remain elevated. So the Federal Reserve is tightening into a slowdown. 
which is not an ideal environment for risk-taking. So we had a nice uh, rally um, uh, in July into the beginning of August, but the markets are recognizing that tighter policy is still ahead of us, and uh, we still don't have certainty on where the terminal rate is going to be for the Fed, and so that creates volatility and some pressure on markets. How much tighter do you think the Fed's going to be at its next meeting? I suspect they're going to do 50 basis points. I mean, it, it looks as if inflationary pressures have peaked. Um, goods inflation is is going to start to moderate. So I think the Federal Reserve has already front-loaded a lot of tightening. Um, I suspect they're going to not want to go as tight as some fear because they still they haven't had the time to reflect on what this means for the economy. So, um, but nonetheless, the key question is where does this end? Does it end at 375 on the Fed funds rate, and the market's already priced this in, or does it have to go, um, or does tightening have to go further? Good news is inflationary pressures are moderating. Challenge is still a little bit too, or not a little bit too elevated for the Fed's comfort. I guess a, a lot of the market is still wondering how much of a challenge the Fed still has when it comes to uh, getting some slack back in the labor market, given the latest uh, jolts jobs openings data we got yesterday. What about that? Does that raise the possibility that we could see a more aggressive move than you're calling for here? Yeah, it, it does raise the possibility. I mean, that's the challenge. I mean, again, goods inflation it has peaked, um, but still – uh, the challenges in the job market and still challenges for wages going up, and we still have the challenges of rent. So it's not as if inflation is going to come back down to 2 3% quickly. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to take a while to get there. Um, so, again, that's what the market's trying to price in. Um, there is the, the potential that the Fed has to tighten even further, and you're seeing it in the two-year. I mean, the two-year has reached a 15-year high, or at least reached a 15-year high this week. Um, you know, ultimately, I think what investors should focus on, though, is while there's near-term caution ahead of us, uh, or we should be viewing it with near-term caution, ultimately, when inflation peaks a year or two, three years later, markets tend to do very well. Um, so I would use 1980 as an example where inflation did peak, um, still had the Fed drive the economy into a recession by 81 um, but it had set the stage for the markets to perform uh, quite well over the subsequent year, two years, three years. So uh, for investors, um, you know, intermediate term optimism is warranted, but we're in a challenging environment in the near term. How long do you think the uh, Fed is going to keep rates higher for longer? Of course, we heard from Chairman Powell last week that uh, the rates could stay elevated for some time. What does some time mean to you? Well, the market is already starting to uh, has already started pricing in rate cuts by by uh, early to middle of 2023. So it obviously depends on how the economy handles uh, tighter policy at this juncture. So, um, you know, I think it's they're they're potentially overstating how long rates are going to remain elevated. I mean, I think the Fed is working hard to prevent financial conditions from easing too much, which, of course, they did in July, and they're trying to keep long-term inflation expectations low. The good news is long-term inflation expectations are low, but not only long-term inflation expectations. Inflation expectations in the bond market, one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year, um, have come down substantially. So I don't believe that the Fed 
is going to um, keep rates as elevated for as long as 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 some may fear this week. Um, I think ultimately the, the this is an economy that's going to slow down considerably. Inflationary pressures are going to moderate, and and you may see a Fed that has to start easing policy um, as we move through 2023. All right, Brian. Thanks for this. As always, great having you on with us. That was uh, Brian Levitt joining us this morning. He's global market strategist at Invesco. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.54 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The Food and Drug Administration opened an extensive review of opioid regulations, and the agency is launching a framework aimed at preventing overdose-related deaths. Amazon.com and World Wrestling Entertainment filed lawsuits against alleged counterfeiters said to be selling replicas of WWE title belts through Amazon. A wage and hour suit filed in federal court in New York claims Ux Foods misclassified delivery workers as exempt from minimum wage and overtime requirements. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thanks. Now, another legal story we're watching this morning. Moderna sued Pfizer and BioNTech, claiming the technology in their COVID-19 shot infringes on its patents, a move that sets the stage for a massive legal clash between the vaccine titans. For more, Bloomberg's Greg Store, based with Bloomberg Healthcare reporter Angelica Peebles. So Moderna is not seeking to stop the sale of Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine, but they are seeking what would be essentially a royalty. So, you know, a, a cut of the, the money that they make on the sales of their vaccine. And they're saying that they only want some money um, starting from earlier this spring and going forward and only in high-income countries. And it's a little complicated, but it has to do with the fact that Moderna made this pledge um, two years ago saying that it would not enforce its patents during the pandemic. And then this spring, they said, never mind, actually, we are only going to enforce or to not enforce our patents in low-income countries. So it's the way that um, all of those steps have played out, it seems like they're trying to match up by saying, you know, now we are only seeking money from this period of time. But the real question is whether they can go back on that pledge that they made two years ago. Um, one legal expert we spoke to said that they can't. Um, so that's something that will be really interesting to watch. So is, is that pledge something that Pfizer and Biotech can use in their defense against this lawsuit? Yeah, so um, Jorge Contreras, the professor from the University of Utah who we spoke to, he says that under the law, these patent pledges are considered contracts. So the companies, it's a public company, they made a public statement, and other companies um, can use that information to make decisions about their own strategies, which obviously Pfizer and BioNTech went out and introduced their own COVID vaccine. So they could argue that they were just operating under, you know, under um, the assumption that Moderna was not going to enforce its patents. So at least the way he um, he sees it, Pfizer and BioNTech have a pretty good defense here, and it might not even get into all of the details of the patents and, you know, who used what and, you know, what was patented and what wasn't. But that could be that contract, the patent pledge, could be a solid defense for Pfizer and BioNTech. 
And that's Bloomberg Healthcare reporter Angelica Peebles speaking with Bloomberg's Greg Store. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading this show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLawGo. And S&P futures are... Lower this morning, down about five points. And our top stories are straight ahead, and this is Bloomberg. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. stocks begin the session trading at a one-month low as Fed fears continue to persist in the markets. Amanda Agati is chief investment officer at PNC Asset Management Group. So to the extent that the Fed stays the course here, I think that the market can, you know, live with it, uh, in air quotes, uh, relative to, you know, some of the fears that are looming larger out there. I think the, the market's already priced for the path that's ahead. To the extent that the dot plot changes meaningfully and the terminal rate moves meaningfully higher from where we are today, that's going to be a challenge for markets for sure. Yeah. PNC Asset Management Chief Investment Officer Amanda Agati says she's not making any meaningful changes right now to her portfolio. Well, three regional Fed chiefs yesterday reiterated Chair Jay Powell's intention to bring down inflation, including Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin. He vowed the Fed would not flinch in its efforts to cool prices, but cautioned it may get bumpy. The pace of when we get back to our target, which is 2%, is uncertain. But as a result, our commitment to bring inflation down, which hopefully you welcome, uh, leads to worries about a recession. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin spoke in West Virginia yesterday. Well, overseas, Nathan, euro area inflation accelerated to another all-time high as the European Central Bank considers a jumbo interest rate hike when it meets next week. Consumer prices jumped 9.1% from a year ago. To Wall Street now, Karen, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are both removing pandemic hurdles to fully return staff to offices. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has more on Goldman's aggressive push. Beginning next week, employees outside of New York can be back in the office regardless of vaccination status with no requirement to participate in regular testing or wear face coverings. According to a memo sent to staff, the bank has eased COVID-era measures, citing new U.S. Centers for Disease Control guidelines, as well as improved treatments and wide availability of testing. Goldman says that in New York City, employees with an approved medical or religious exemption to the city's vaccine mandate can enter offices with no testing or face coverings in new york charlie pellet bloomberg daybreak all right charlie thank you and a political note new allegations of obstruction of justice may be added to former president trump's legal woes the justice department says the records that were held at the former president's mar-a-lago home appear to have been moved before the fbi tried to get them in june futures this morning s&p futures now lower straight ahead your latest local headlines plus a check of sports and this is Bloomberg. 
Traffic's carrying 533 on Wall Street, 75 degrees in Central Park. Got a car fire, eastbound LIE exit 43. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, two earthquakes hit northern New Jersey yesterday. The first, a 2.3 magnitude earthquake, was just before 5.15 p.m., about six miles northwest of Morris Plains. The 1.7 magnitude aftershock was then reported shortly after 6.30 p.m., also in Morris County. Migrants crossing into El Paso have been arriving at welcome centers set up by outreach organizations looking to assist the homeless population there. Recently, the state of Texas started busing migrants to places like New York City and Chicago. The buses provided an opportunity for the migrants to get to where they wanted to go. Now it appears to have stopped. John Martin, the deputy director of the Opportunity Center, said until now it had been working out well. So with 100% confidence, I can tell you this is their choice, this is their desire, and this is the direction they want to go. Senate Director John Martin spoke to ABC affiliate KVIA. Mikhail Gorbachev, the leader of the Soviet Union, whose attempts to shake up his country's political and economic system led to the collapse of the communist superpower, and the end of the Cold War has died. According to TASS, the Central Clinical Hospital said his death followed a severe and prolonged illness. Mikhail Gorbachev was 91. President Biden outlined his new Safer America program at Wilkes University in Pennsylvania. With gun violence on the rise in the U.S., President Biden said this is the time to spend money on local law enforcement to bring down the crime. It's based on a simple notion. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. Fund the police. Among the people in attendance for Biden's speech were gun safety advocates and law enforcement representatives. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanchow. Nathan, it was 61 years ago that Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. 130 games into that season, Maris had hit 51. 130 games into this season, Aaron Judge has hit 51. Another one in Anaheim, three-run shot to right field, fourth inning. Judge has come off his longest home run drought of the season to hit five in the last eight games. Yankees beat the Angels 7-4 to as Andrew Benintendi and Anthony Rizzo homered in the first two innings. Jamison Tyone took a line drive off his arm, had to leave in the third inning. X-rays were negative. The bullpen went the rest of the way. Garrett Cole starts tonight. Jacob DeGrom on the mound for the Mets. At City Field, the Dodgers scored seventh inning to win 4-3. to It's the Dodgers' 90th win of the season. U.S. Open had a record crowd of 29,000 Monday night to see Serena Williams. and might top it tonight for her second-round match. She'll try to upset second-seeded Annette Contevite. Retirement is coming either tonight or later in the tournament, so Serena was asked about future plans. I don't see myself not a part of tennis. I don't know how I'm going to be a part of tennis um, as of right now. I just don't know how, but I just feel like we've come too far together to just not have anything to do with it. Her older sister, Venus, hardly plays anymore, did play yesterday and lost. The two are teaming up to play doubles. They have a first-round match tomorrow. Also losing the women's defending champ, Emma Raducanu, and the two-time Open champ, Naomi Osaka, beaten by American Danielle Collins. Osaka only won two Grand Slam matches all year. Men's winners included the Spaniards, seeded second and third, Rafael Nadal, and 19-year-old Carlos Alcaraz. 
John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. Thank you, John. It is 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. A 2021 amendment to cut property taxes for Atlantic City casinos by millions of dollars a year has been declared unconstitutional. The amendment cut casinos' payment in lieu of property tax obligations to address pandemic-related casino losses. But a court has ruled the casinos more than made up for those losses through Internet gambling and sports betting. Three New York City pensions have asked MasterCard and American Express to improve the way they track gun sales. The proposals were made by the city pensions for teachers, civil servants, and school administrators. RXR Realty has lined up a new loan for a midtown skyscraper on Rockefeller Plaza, even as lenders have become more cautious about office space with many workers still at home. Bank of America and Carlyle Group are among lenders for the $260 million refinancing of 75 Rockefeller Plaza. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley using COVID rules to get people back to their desks. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on WoWo in Fort Wayne. Gas prices are rising in Indiana after a fire takes out a Midwest refinery. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on French inflation figures coming off a record high in August as prices rose by a less than expected 6.5%. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Amazon has canceled plans for a new warehouse in Ypsilanti Township. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Even as relations between the U.S. and China remain frosty, the two countries appear to have struck a compromise that would allow mainland companies to continue listing on American exchanges. The dispute centered on a requirement that foreign companies listing in the U.S. give American regulators access to their raw audit work papers. After years of talks, China appears to have finally agreed to U.S. demands. While caution is warranted, a successful compromise would benefit the U.S. as much as China. And if this deal holds, both countries should take steps to build on it by lowering tariffs, for instance, or resuming talks on climate. With so many forces driving the U.S. and China toward conflict, neither side should miss an opportunity to push back. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or O-P-I-N-Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at O-P-I-N-Go. Getting a read on the market right now. Futures are mixed after a three-day slide for stocks. S&P futures right now down six points. Dow futures down 66. NASDAQ futures, little change to higher now, up eight points. Brian Levitt, global market strategist at Invesco, joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, less humid today, mid-80s for highs. Tomorrow, we'll kick off the new month with sunshine and low 80s. Plenty of sunshine Friday, high near 80. Right now, 71 in Central Park.
markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures have been fluctuating a bit this morning. Stocks, meanwhile, are headed for a monthly drop on concerns that restricted monetary policy to tackle inflation will harm the global economy. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures, there are little change. Dow futures now down about 51, and NASDAQ futures are up 19. The DAX in Germany is down eight-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds, yield 3.12 percent. Yield on the two-year, 3. NYMEX crude oil is down 2.5% on $2.25 at $89.40 a barrel. COMEX gold down 6 tenths percent or $11 at $17.25. 40 an ounce. The euro 0.9991 against the dollar. British pound 1.1641 and the yen 138.66. And Bitcoin this morning up 1.2% at $20,220. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The Department of Justice says White House records held in the storage room at Donald Trump's Florida home may have been concealed or removed before an FBI June search for classified documents. According to the DOJ, they're suggesting possible attempts to obstruct the investigation. Former Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev died at a Moscow hospital. Under Gorbachev, the Berlin Wall crumbled. Mikhail Gorbachev was 91. In tennis, Serena Williams hits the court tonight for her second round in the U.S. Open. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Angels 7-4. Aaron Judge hit his 51st homer. The Mets lost to the Dodgers 4-3. The A's beat the Nationals 10-6. The Reds, Orioles, and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to go right now to Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick for the latest on the mounting legal pressure against former President Donald Trump. Jack, good morning. Michael Barr in the news there just mentioned the possibility of obstruction of justice uh, being leveled by the Justice Department against the former president. Tell us more about this latest court filing. Yeah, uh, the latest court filing by the Department of Justice indicates that Trump's lawyers, former President Trump's lawyers, uh, were not entirely honest about the number of classified documents they handed over before the August 8th search of Mar-a-Lago. There was an extensive back and forth and a, a lot of opportunities for them to hand those documents over uh, in January, even in uh, discussions with the National Archives. But also, importantly, the FBI uh, visited Mar-a-Lago in June. And they have said that when they eventually got a search warrant and uh, went on August 8th, they found twice as many documents with classification markings uh, as the former president's lawyers had initially indicated. They, they said former President Trump's lawyers had said they had been totally responsive and handed over all the documents previously that were relevant. Uh, and that was clearly not the case. Uh, so they've raised the, the issue of 
the former president either hiding documents or, or being dishonest about uh, his uh, attempts to give them back, uh, which really seems to raise the stakes in this investigation. And perhaps raising the stakes even further, something that Bloomberg Terminal customers can see in the story here, a photograph of documents marked secret, a pile of them, on the carpeted floor of former President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. This has to add to the pressure as well. Yes, that came out. Uh, this really is, uh, I think, similar information about uh, that we've had about the significant number of documents with top secret SCI clearance on them, secret or top secret. But really, if you look at the photo, you can tell this is not the kind of thing that you would uh, accidentally slip into a folder, probably without realizing, because it is uh, outlined in red or yellow and says very boldly, secret SCI or top secret SCI. So it really is the public's first visual representation of what we're talking about. It's a significant number of documents. It's piled up on a carpet. You can't count it, uh, but it's it's quite a bit. And it is very, very clearly labeled uh, as secret or top secret in those cases. What are the implications politically here? Is the president still getting support from fellow Republicans? You know, it's been quiet. I, it may be convenient for him that it's August recess and there's less of an opportunity for reporters to pin down Republican lawmakers. Uh, there has not been a significant sign of revolt, really, against the former president among Republicans. But there hasn't been a, a super enthusiastic argument that this is all fine. It's a bit of a wait-and-see game uh, as as Republicans try to figure out, well, what is going to come next? Uh, the news that has come out for the former president has been very bad, and it seems hard to defend to say uh, that anyone would not know that those are top-secret documents or you know, the initial argument that they were declassified uh, has not really panned out. Uh, so it, the, the pressure is going to be on a lot of Republicans, and right now they are waiting and seeing because it Really, there's a sense that there's another shoe to drop and there will be more developments uh, coming forward. In our last minute here, Jack, we have to mark the passing of the uh, late former Soviet leader, the last leader of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, What's the reaction in Washington? Uh, a, a complimentary reaction to his legacy in Washington. He was a lot more uh, popular in the West, really, later in life than in Russia. Uh, the president, President Biden, putting out a statement, a number of politicians uh, in the West, uh, in, in the U.S. and elsewhere, putting out statements honoring his legacy and his role in the end of the Cold War. Uh, it, it, he, it will be interesting to see exactly how this plays in Russia, because he, he turned into a much less popular popular political figure who took the blame for the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, but in the West, I think it's illustrative uh, that there there was quite a complimentary outpouring of uh, remembrances of his legacy in the U.S. and elsewhere in the West. Thanks for this, Jack. Good having you on with us. We'll be checking back with you uh, as well later on in the program. Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, uh, futures are kind of wavering. We've got S&P futures right now down three points. Dow futures down 46. NASDAQ futures still higher uh, by 21 points. The 10-year Treasury right now is down 7.30 seconds. The yield 3.12%. Yield on the two-year 3.47%. NYMEX crude sliding down 2.6% or $2.34 below the 90 handle, 89.30 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude. 
Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, less humid, going to be a nice end to the week with highs near 85 degrees today, low 80s tomorrow, the high near 80 on Friday. Right now, 72 in Central Park. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.